0: Hello? Is that working? That? Yeah, okay, thanks. Well, thank you, Warren. Much appreciated this morning. God bless you all. I'm, I'm glad you're here. I know that God is glad that you're here as well. I'm uh, filling in for Pastor Randy today. He and his family are in Louisville and getting ready to take a conference uh, tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday. And also Bill and Lena are there as well. Bill's taking that same conference with them. And so, and after that, a little vacation time for Pastor Randy, so make make sure you're praying for him, amen, and his family. So, the Bible is the Word of God. That's the way it is. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is the Word of God. Now, the Apostle Paul, writing to young Pastor Timothy... writing to young Pastor Timothy, said this. It's in 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourself approved of God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. Correctly teaching the word of truth. And here at Con-Halloy Baptist, I know Pastor Randy and the other teachers we have here, on Sunday school and during the week, we really try very hard to make sure that we're correctly teaching the word of truth. So when you think about that, it brings up the subject of biblical interpretation, or if you get the fancy word, you go to Bible school, it's called hermeneutics, all right? How many have heard of hermeneutics before? Yeah, some of you have. Awesome, good. Bible interpretation. It's the principle of biblical exegesis, finding out, well, what does this say in the Word of God, and what does it mean? The, uh, the best way to take the text, whenever you look at it, is in its common sense, with historical and uh, uh, contextual considerations along with uh, the basic rules of grammar to make sure that you interpret it correctly. Someone said this, when the plain obvious sense of scripture makes common sense, seek no other sense or you'll end up with nonsense. And I'll tell you what a lot of people have over the years. Sad, sad, sad. Now, some people try to get very allegorical, where they're looking behind every rock to find a deeper spiritual meaning. The only place I found in Scripture that tells, hey, this is allegorical, it's Galatians chapter 4, and it talks about two women and two covenants and two Jerusalem, and you can go that depth because the Scripture teaches that. But just to go someplace else in the Bible and go, well, this is what it says, but this is what it really means, be careful. Be careful, because a lot of people have gone out on a limb and sought it and found out they were on the wrong side of the cut, if you know what I'm talking about. So, you can make applications from the interpretations, and that's very important. We, we, we really try, try to do that. But uh, we should take this scripture literally, unless there's an obvious figure of speech, a metaphor where there's a direct comparison or a simile from back in, back in uh, school, where they'll use the like or as, such as, um, I'm out of the Holman Christian Standard Bible today, Proverbs 28.1, it says, the righteous are as bold as a, what do you think, lion, okay, we understand that concept, the lame will leap like a deer, Isaiah 35.6, so you see the lame people leaping like a deer, that's a time when the Lord comes back, so today, we're going to talk a little bit about a metaphor in today's sermon. If you'll turn your Bibles, if you're not there already, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. The metaphor is this, <clears throat> that the church of Jesus Christ can, can be can compared to the human body. And when we look at, take a good look at the human body, then we can make some conclusions as to what we should be in the church of Jesus. It begins in verse 12 here that I'm starting at. For as the body is one and has many parts, and all its parts, and all the parts of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. There's a fact, by the way, there's an outline in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along with me. The body, first thing we're going to see is every part is needed. The fact is, of our human body, it's one body. One body, many parts. So I move this way, my whole body moves this way. I jump up and down, my whole body jumps up and down. You came to church today, all of your body and your mind and your heart, they came, your ears came, so let's uh, apply them today. And that's the way it is. One body, it goes where it goes and it stays together, but it has many parts. We talk about the human body. I looked this up, and according to some Smithsonian study, there was like 37 trillion cells in the typical adult. 37 trillion. And they were going, well, we're not sure if that's accurate or not, but the point is this. There's a lot of parts in your body, amen? and then you organize those parts into tissues and systems, and you have respiratory system and the circulatory system and the skeletal system, and the list goes on. There's probably about a dozen of those if you've ever studied anatomy, the anatomy, the parts of the body, or physiology, the function of those parts. And you can understand that the body is very, very complex. It's very intricate. And even the smallest living cell, if you study microbiology, is a very, complex living factory that is not just a simple, simple cell. It's very complex. And so when you look at the body, it has, I don't know, maybe when you really think about it a gazillion parts. And so that's where we're starting with this morning. The human body, one body, many parts that's the way it is. We see that in nature. That's the way we are. That's who we are. That's how God made us. We're not just very simple. We're very complex with lots of uh, information, lots of uh, wisdom that went into us. The Bible says we're wonderfully made by God. And so we're something very, very special. And that's why every one of you are unique, because there's so many parts and they fit together. That's just the way God did it. The spiritual application is the end of that verse. It says in verse 12, and it says this, and so it is with Christ, And if you look at Ephesians chapter 1 and Colossians, it talks about that uh, another reference where the human body is compared to the church. And it says in there that Christ is the head and that we are the body. So that makes good sense if we want to follow our Lord. The body does whatever the brain tells it to do most of the time. As you get older, the process doesn't work quite as well as it used to. But basically, that's the way it works. The head tells the body what to do. Move my finger. Okay, yeah, yeah, that works. And so as Christians, the the application here is that, listen, we should listen to our head. And so the head of this church is not Pastor Randy, it's not Deacon West or anybody else. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we as a church want to do what our head says. And he's given us the word of God here so we can know what he has for us. He has put his Holy Spirit in each and every believer. Uh, 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 Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 4, and the book of uh, Corinthians, again, it talks about that. And so we have the ability then, with the Holy Spirit in us, to be able to know the will of God. And then if our hearts are right, we're going to do the will of God and please our head. Amen? Sound good? That's the plan. And so the fact of one body, seen in nature, the spiritual application is this, is that we are now... um, the body of Jesus Christ. And verse 13 goes on to say, we've all been baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we've been all given the one spirit to drink. So we start out there with spirit baptism. Maybe you've heard some things about spirit baptism before, but right here it teaches that every one of us have as Christians. If, this message is for Christians this morning. If you've asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, you're born again, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you belong to him, you're part of the body. If you're here this morning you haven't made that decision, oh, I beg you to make that decision. Eternal life, forgiveness of sins, and much, much more God has to offer for you to become a follower of Jesus. If you need to know more about that, ask one of us. There's many of us here that could talk to you about what it really means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, to be born again and be part of the body of Christ. So, we've been spirit baptized. It says there, we've been placed into one body, the body of Jesus. The word baptized means to immerse, so the Holy Spirit takes you and makes you a part of the body of Christ, whatever that part may be. The Lord knows, and it's just a metaphor anyway. And then secondly, it says that the Holy Spirit comes in us. We've all been given the one spirit to drink, so that ties us all together with God in us, the spirit living in us. And it makes this the best time ever really to live on this planet because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And the scripture's teaching that, guess what? He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. You're sealed to the day of redemption. You're part of the body and God's not going to eject you. Wow. Let's give God a hand for that. Amen. We've been all given the one spirit to drink. And so, that makes us very special. It makes us part of the body of Christ. And when we look at our own bodies, we can see um, what the parts do and how they function to make the body work well. And in the church of Jesus, we have to be able to see how we fit in and make church go well to be a witness for Christ in this world, to be that light, to be that salt that he wants us to be, to, to be a witness, to tell people the good news that Jesus died for your sins. Wow. Praise the Lord for that. So the body, every part is needed. We're going to go on uh, and look at verses, um, verse 14 right now. Get, get a little help with the small verses, small language here. And it goes on to say this. So the body is not one part, but many. Again, that confirms what we learned in that first verse. One body, many parts doesn't really fit me very well, Wes. I guess I got a big ear or a little ear or something. One part or one body, many parts. And so you have a special part. So it is with Christ? You have a special part in Christ's body. And you know what? Every part is needed. Every part has a function. And so what is it that where do you fit in? And I, and I think about that and um, I live in Hali maha in, um, in Waehu there. And uh, there's nobody going to be a witness to that little community like Lynn and, ours. Lynn and I are since we live there. I got a little secret. My car is the white car out there, and I wrote a, it's got those little stickers on the side. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And the other side says Jesus Christ died for our sins. So every time any of our neighbors go outside, they hear the good news. Yes. Praise the Lord for that. And uh, there was a guy that came here from. Wyoming or something, God's 10. I don't know if he ever came by here or not. And he had, these, um, he had these little magnetic things you could stick on. I said, yeah, give me one. And then on Tuesday, and sometimes on Thursday, I join our old folks' wee bowling club. By the way, I got a 299 the other day. That was the highest ever bowled. Oh, I'm not, I'm not bragging Yeah, It took a long time to get there. But hey, I can be a witness to them. When, when I didn't get my 300, I didn't jump up and down and scream and use curse words. I said, well, great. Praise God. I got a 299, you know. Some people would have taken another person. But I can be a witness to them that you can't be. And then you think about wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you play, whatever you, wherever you shop, you're a witness to those people around you that I can't be or anybody else can be. So each has a unique area of opportunity to let our light shine. Would you agree with that? I mean, New Jersey, I don't do that anymore. I used to live in New Jersey a long time ago, and, and Adrian, and was it Claire from New Jersey? You could be that light up there in that north, was it northwest corner of New Jersey. Yeah, that none of us are going to be able to be a light there. We're too far away. So the body has many parts. Each part Is necessary. Let's look at verses 15 and 16. And it goes like this. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, in spite of this, it still belongs to the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, in spite of this, it still belongs to the body. So we see here the foot and the... uh, The ear having a little bit of, uh, I'm not very important problem goes on. Sometimes we feel like, you know, gee, I'm not very important. Or if I don't come, nobody's going to miss me. Who am I? You know, I don't really, uh, you know, I'm like Pastor Randy or I'm not like Pastor Randy or anything. I'm not like one of the deacons, um, whatever, you know. The foot says, well... I'm not a hand, and you have seen the, the, the work of the hands, and the hands do so much, and the foot, you know, looking, my foot's covered up with a shoe, pfft, so nobody could see it, you know, and here the hands are so great, and you're going, okay, I might not, must not be very important, I must not be needed, but you know what, try walking without feet, huh, huh, and then the ear says, oh, I'm not an eye, Ugh, what good am I, Yeah, hey, rhymed, how cool is that, so anyway, The eyes, you know, most of us take in most of what we take in through our eyes. I I especially do, you know, I take in a lot through my eyes. I can go to a restaurant, and there can be music playing there. And after about 20 minutes, I go, hey, they got music here. Anybody else beside me like that? Nobody? Thanks, Jonathan. You can have your quarter later. So I grew up in a house, small house, seven kids. There were nine of us with mom and dad, and it was noisy all the time, all the time. So I learned very young to be able to just tune it all out. And my mom got really mad at me when she would call my name and I wouldn't respond. Well, I had tuning everything out, even mom, you know. That didn't work out so well. And so my ears may feel a little... um, underappreciated because I don't, you know, my wife really gets mad when I don't listen to her. But I take it all in with my eyes. And so the ear here is like my ear and going, hey, I'm not an eye. What good am I? I'm not part of the body. I'm a loser. Oh, man. But you know what? Every part is important. Every part is needed. You might think, well, you're not very much, but you are in the sight of God. And if you're a believer here this morning, God has a very special plan for you to live a life that will glorify him, a disciple of Jesus that will glorify him in your area, wherever that may be. And he's depending upon you and you are needed. So don't go the foot route, don't go the ear route and say, I'm not important, I must not be part of the body. No way. No way so the features of the body, many parts they're needed, let's look then the next set of verses there verse um, 17, it says this if the whole body were an eye where would the hearing be if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be, there are six parts of the body either referred to directly or indirectly in this passage and here we see the ear and the, um, the ear again and it says, or the eye again, um, if if there was only an eye, hey, great. Ooh, sorry about that. If the whole body were an eye, hey, we'd be able to see. But what about everything else? What about everything else? And it's interesting that when God made eyes that see and ears that hear, according to the book of Proverbs, they just didn't happen on their own. We just didn't evolve. You see, there's a thing called... Irreducible complexity where the eye, the vision system is extremely complex and you need an eyeball with all its parts and you need an optic nerve with all its parts and you need a brain that's able to process those signals with all its parts in order to have vision. So if the eye came first without the optic nerve, that doesn't make any sense. They all came together by design, amazing design. When you start looking across the human eye and then to the eyes of all kinds of different animals like the chameleon where you got two eyes going, seeing all over the place, going different, different places at different times and they're processing that, which we would go crazy if we tried to process that. Um, it's hard enough to see already anyway, that's why I'm old and using these little reading glasses because the little numbers are getting too small. But uh, it all had to come together, and God put it together, and that's great, and you can see, but if that was the only part of your body, you couldn't do anything else. And how bad that would be. Where would the nutrition come from? How would you be able to transport it from one place to another, etc., etc., et, cetera, et, cetera, et cetera, and the list goes on. So yes, the eye is important, but it's not the only part. So sometimes we get to the place where we think, hey, I'm big stuff. Well, you know what? It's time to reevaluate that and realize there's no such thing as big stuff. God made you in the first place, and secondly, he gave you a part. It may be prominent. Well, that's cool, but then there's a greater temptation for pride and thinking you're too important, whereas maybe if you're just just the average kind of guy or girl, you know, and you're just chugging along, and at least you've got over that first few verses where it says that you're not important, and you go, yeah, I'm important. Then you do your job for the glory of God, and you don't think I'm everything. Amen? So, the eye, yes, needed, but if there was only an eye, where would you hear? And if there was um, only an ear, you wouldn't be able to smell something. We talked about in Sunday school this morning, Pastor Mike was preaching and, or teaching in Sunday school in the book of Genesis. If you're not a Sunday school tender, let me encourage you to come to Sunday school, okay? Because it's really important. We learn things, we talk about them, and we're, we're able to become better disciples. So when Noah got out of the ark and he built an altar to God and he offered an offering on the altar, it said that God smelled that aroma that pleasing aroma so God has the ability to smell and he gave you the ability to smell and we live here and I think I drift I walk by plumeria and go "Mm, how wonderful delightful that is when I live back in in the mainland in a couple weeks during the year I could smell a lilac bush how many know what the smell of a lilac bush is like oh it's very pleasing to my nose and so if I were only an eye I'd miss out on all that I'd miss out on all that so it's important here that every part is needed every part is unique it has its responsibility it goes on in verses 18 to 22 and it says this but now God has placed each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted and if they were all the same part where would the body be? You see, the body requires all the parts. The church requires all its parts. Now, there are many parts, but yet one body. Again, that's repeated over and over again to stress the unity that exists in our bodies. Wherever I go, my body goes. And wherever the church is, the whole church needs to be there because if not, then something's missing and if, verse 19, if they're all the same part, where would the body be? 20, now there are many parts, but yet one body. 21, so the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. But even more, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are necessary. So again, don't get too puffed up thinking you're all this and another thing and that you're the big person and you don't need anybody else because every is needed we see in our human bodies and it's the same thing is true in the church and people that begin to think they're too important are getting ready for a fall pride comes before a fall because you see that in the human body all our parts depend upon the blood right if 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 your part of your body doesn't have the blood coming to it it's going to die and so we are covered by the blood of Christ. We need God in all of our lives for to do the things he wants us to do. We can't really do it on our own. Sometimes we try to fake it. You've probably met Christians that are trying to fake it. Or people that are, call themselves Christians are not really Christians. They're acting like a Christian. But we can tell by their fruit pretty soon as to really how if they're spiritual and how spiritual they are. And we try to, of course, reconciliation is always God's plan and restoration is always God's plan. But you know what? When you think you're too much of yourself, you're depending upon yourself and not the Lord. The Bible says if you falter in times of trouble, how how small is your strength? When we should have been on the strength of the Spirit of God and the wisdom of the Spirit of God and the direction of the Spirit of God and then we'll do well and the body will work well. Praise the Lord for that. So, every part has a role, and we see that role here. It's indispensable. Back to verse 18. Let's close this first part out by verse 18 again. I I read it, but I want to emphasize it. God has placed each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. See, God is sovereign. He is the great master designer and executor of that design And when he made your body, almost always it comes out right. Now, we live in a sin-stained world, and so sometimes it doesn't work out, and babies have birth defects, and it's really sad. But that's not because of God's failure. It's because of our failure uh, in, in inviting sin into this world, and then things don't work the way they're supposed to work. But yet, in the grace and the glory of God, he has people out there to help people that are in situations like that doctors and other people to, to help restore those things our, our previous assistant pastor over in um, lahaina pastor gary many of you know pastor gary right he found out his daughter's i think one of her kidneys was like way out of way out of not in the right place and uh, there were some issues going on with that well fortunately for most of us they're right exactly where they're supposed to be every once in a while there's a problem but the bottom line is, God designed this the way it's supposed to be, and for the most part, that works really well. And we live to be 70 or 80 if we have the strength, according to Psalms 90, verse 10. And for most of us, our little ticker's here, our heart just keep on beating like the ever-ready buddy, bunny, just 60 some 70 times a minute. How many minutes in a day? How many minutes in a year? How many minutes in a lifetime? And that works. Wow, God is good and God is great. Try going without your heart. Some parts are indispensable. Amen? And so it's really important in our bodies to recognize that God put everything there. It's unique. It's needed. And the same is true in the church, and we're going to tie that together in the last verse. Let's look at verses 23 and 24. It says this, "...and those parts of the body which we think to be less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have a better presentation." But our presentable parts have no need of clothing. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable. So some of our parts are pretty honorable, and some of them have less honor to them, just kind of mundane and average and so forth. Then we have some parts that are unpresentable, and that's why we wear clothes. I'm so glad you all came clothed this morning. And then when we go through that process, Sometimes we want to, you know, spruce it up a little bit more. Like Lynn and I have matching shirts on today. How cool is that, huh? People go, oh, that's kind of dorky or boring or whatever. Oh, you know, I love my wife. I want to be identified with her. She's part of my body. By the way, that's a whole nother issue. Marriage, one plus one equals one. That's a whole nother sermon. But anyway, so we spruce ourselves up. And some people are putting rings Anywhere and everywhere you can put rings on their fingers, on their wrists, on their necklaces, necklaces here, and on their nose and toes and you name it, okay, to kind of spruce themselves up. And so look at my boring neck. I have this beautiful necklace on now, the lady says. Well, it makes that neck a little, a little bit more special, right? And so we treat our bodies the places where we want to have a little more speciality. We, we do that, and some people are using piercings and body art and all that stuff, tattoos, to make themselves more attractive, I guess, or make those parts more. This is really not much of a thing for me. I guess I didn't get a very good ear. Anyway, to make themselves more, pre, uh, more special, more honor. And then the parts that are not presentable, and actually there should be more modesty than there is in this world, at least here in Maui. Um, We cover those up with clothes to make them presentable. And that's the way it is. And so that's the way it is with our bodies. And that's the way we need to be in the church. Some people have a harder time getting along in church. We need to come alongside of them and help them and honor them and lift them up. And some of us may be unpresentable. That's the time we maybe need to do a little uh, rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. But that's another story, too. So, every part has its honor, whether it's given the honor or the honor is supplemented by something else. Praise the Lord for that. And, the, you know, that's the way it is. And the purpose here, we see in verses 25 and 26, to take care of all of these unique, necessary, uh, the people that don't think they're important, they are important, the people who think they're too important, they need, need to be knocked down a little bit and trust in the Lord. And it says this, In 25 and 26, so that there would be no division in the body, but the members would have the same concern for each other. And 26, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice in it. How cool is that? That God put the human body together so that, that it would be honored together and, and they would rejoice together. And if one part hurts, then the rest of it hurts too. How many times have you had like maybe even a little hangnail here in your finger and you walk around all day going like this, thinking about it and trying to fix it. Then you do what I do and you rip it off and it makes it even worse. And you think about it all the time. One part suffers, we all suffer. Well, the same thing is true in the body of Christ. We need to be there for one another and be one body and be united. Now, listen, if you have two people together, how many opinions are you going to have? Probably at least three. (laughs) Somebody's going to change their mind and not say the same. But anyway, that's the way it is. And to prove that we're all sinners, what you do is you put two little children in one room with one toy and see how that works out. Okay, so we're not always going to think the same. We're selfish and we have a hard time getting along with one another. But in Christ, we now have the power. We now have the wisdom. We have the ability to get along and to be one family. And you know how sweet that is? The book of Psalms chapter one, or 133 verse 1 says how sweet it is when brothers dwell together in unity. Isn't it nice when you're able to get along with one another? By the Spirit of God, that's the way it ought to be in the church. And not just this one church, but other churches. They may stress different doctrines, but if they're truly preaching the good news and trying to live it, we can get along with one another. And it's sweet. The fellowship in the Lord is sweet. Amen to that? And then if one, start, one part starts to suffer, we go around, just kind of like in the human body when, when something happens and all the little white blood cells go to, to attack the place and fix the place, we need to be the same way. When one part suffers, we need to come around our brother, come around our sister and say, what can we do for you? And be like Job's friends. They were great the first week. They just sat there with Job and just kind of cried with him and hugged him and didn't say a word and were there with him. Then once a week later came, they started opening their mouths and started depending upon themselves and, and they started talking bad story. Ooh, ooh. At least they got off to a good start. Finishing well is just as important. And so, unity despite diversity. One part suffers, we all suffer. That's why we have prayer lists in the church. Come on Wednesday night, we, we collect prayer lists on wednesday night and we pray encourage you to come on wednesday night and you can be involved in that process there and the last verse this is what really really makes it very clear verse 27 now you are the body of christ and each one of you is a member of it you are the body of christ and each one of you is a member of it therefore all that we've talked about and i've i've gotten into this a little bit all the way along the way this morning that every part is needed Every part is unique. Every part has a function. It's not just to be there, but there's something to do, something to be. And so that's the way it is in the church. So the two problems that we really saw prominently in here were, one, oh, I'm not important. That's not true. And two, I'm everything. You want my autograph? (laughs) Well, pray for that guy. Pride's being an issue. You are important, and we need to work together. Does that make sense? You're the body of Christ, and each one of you who knows Jesus Christ is your Savior is a part of it. Let's pray. Maybe you're here today, and you're like that foot. You're like that ear thinking, well, gee, I'm not very much. I'm not important. Well, you heard today that God says that you are. Would you confess that today and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I want to be that person you want me to be to the fullest, to the max and realize you put me here and you have a job for me and a place for me and a person for me to be. Would you tell them that right now? Or maybe you've had a little issue with pride. Some of us get in that way. We become self-reliant and self-dependent and thinking more of ourselves than we should. If that's going on in your life and the Spirit's talking to you this morning, do something about it. Whatever it may be today, we're going to be taking the Lord's Supper here and He wants us to come with clean hearts. Remember that you're needed. Remember that you're important to God. And he has a plan for your life. It is so clear. So it is with Christ. And maybe there's somebody here today. You've never asked Jesus to be your Savior. He died on the cross for you. He paid the penalty for your sins and mine and the sins of the world. And if you've never come to a place in your life that you've believed that and you've given your life to him and say, I'm sorry for my sins, Lord. I want to be your follower. I want to go to heaven. I want to have my sins forgiven. I want to be a Christian. Would you ask Jesus to come into your life right now? He died for you. He died for your sins. Ask him to come in today. If you've never done that before, if you can't think of the time, the place, the circumstance, you invited Christ into your life, do it right now while your heart is tender. If you need to talk somebody, you have questions, uh, I'll be out here, um, out on the side if you want to come talk to me or afterwards or somebody else. Would you do that today? Father, hear our prayers. Father, make us that people you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.